Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, as always joined by Tom Dorian. Hello, Deacon Jeff. You ready to pray today, Tom? I'm ready to pray. Well, we have some uh, wonderful guests with us here in the that. cafe. Yes. I see that. And this is a luxurious corner booth, but we probably ought to point out to Make people. Make them we, sit on the floor, maybe? Yeah, exactly, because these guys aren't used to luxury. They've, they've yeah. kind of sworn off the luxury thing. Yeah. But maybe just for they're today. They're not going to know how to act. Well, we'll see if, if their superior can give them like dispensation yes. or something to sit in a luxurious yeah. corner booth with us. Uh, but we're joined right now by Brother Philip. Brother Philip is uh, one of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Brother Philip, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Thanks for having me here. It's great to be with you. Well, wonderful. We're blessed to have you guys here. And Brother Philip, we're going to talk to you today about prayer. Right now, that seems like a pretty simple topic. And that it would be, well, okay, prayer. Okay, we talk to God. God talks to us. And pretty much end of story. But you probably have a little different or maybe a, a fuller description of prayer that you can help us with. Maybe so we can kind of launch our discussion. What, what are your thoughts about prayer? Well, you know, prayer is, it's a, it's a very big thing. It's an essential part of our Christian life. And so uh, throughout the history, uh, centuries of the church, uh, it's taken on many forms and, and shown many expressions. And really, I think rule number one is you pray as you are, not as you aren't. So it comes to being who you really are and living that out with God. And that would necessarily mean that maybe some people pray differently than other people. Just if you're praying as you are and we're all created differently. That's right. right. But in the image likeness of God, but still all we have these different characteristics. So you're saying that prayer might be a little different between different folks. Sure, because uh, your personality and, and your character could be different. We need to uh, – uh, the first part of prayer, I think, is it has to do with authenticity. So you're really uh, – you're expressing who you are before the Lord and, and, and just kind of sharing your, your, yourself with him. So wherever you're at right now is how you pray. You know, depending on what you're going through, how you're feeling, what you're thinking, uh, you all bring that into your prayer. That all becomes part of your prayer, your life experiences, you know, your past, your upbringing. Well, what we should do maybe is let's start at the beginning. Let's, I'm going to crack open the catechism. It's always a good thing to do. And so if you are listening on a radio today, you, you should crack open your catechism. Of course, unless you're driving. Uh, Don't then, do that. Yeah, well, let one Just of your kids listen. take the wheel, and you open up the catechism. <laughs> yeah. uh, but look, what cruise control we're, we're, we're going to go to uh, to part four of the catechism, which is focused on Christian prayer. And I love how it starts, and there's just this question that says, what is prayer? And we read, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. And that, of course, comes from St. Therese of Lisieux. That's right. I love St. Lisieux, by the way, so I'm going to say that a couple of times. But then also St. John Damascene says this of prayer. Prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God or the requesting of good things from God. So we can get good things from God, but asking is a good start, isn't it? That's right. Well, prayer petition would be uh, a common one of the forms of prayer. And, and, you know, ultimately it's relationship, conversation with God. You're, You're, you know, in dialogue with the Lord in some way. And there's many ways to do that. Now, you know, we should talk about that dialogue with God first. I remember being in college. Now, I wasn't a particularly holy person in college. I was raised Catholic. <laughs> and I will tell you that one of the things I heard all the time was that you Catholics, you know, you read a bunch of these old dusty creeds and you read these prayers of these dead people uh, and you call that prayer. And that's not prayer. Mm. Well, 
after having a fuller understanding of the church's teaching, I know that it is prayer, but that's not the only kind of prayer. Sure. Right? That's one really critical, uh, important piece of, of our prayer. But talk about that conversation. Why is it important to have a conversation with God? Well, I think, uh, you know, you're talking about the, the formal or set vocal prayers. Right. They are important in turn, teaching us to learn how to pray. And, you know, so as we're children, we learn how to say the Our Father and the Hail Mary and such. And it's teaching us how to direct ourselves to God. But ultimately, the whole point of prayer and where prayer, I believe, bears fruit is is in that relationship with the Lord. So ultimately, it should be a heart-to-heart right. you know, chat and communion with the Lord. And so uh, whatever we use, whether it's words uh, in silence, whether it's gestures, whether it's just thinking and feeling, being with the Lord, we, we are, you know— uh, Entering into his presence, yes. uh, receiving the gifts that he wants to give, and, and giving the gift of ourselves to him. Well, you talked about the term vocal prayer. Catechism identifies three different kinds of prayer. Maybe we should spend a little time just talking about those different kinds of prayer. Let's, let's talk about first vocal prayer. You said it obviously involves words. It's right. not necessarily spoken, but it's, but it's involving words, right? right? Either we're reading a prayer or we've memorized how often do we say the Our Father or uh, the Hail Mary or the Glory Be? We'll say these prayers, but we're using those words. Right. Right. And those words are going to help focus us on our relationship with God. That's right. Well, you know, I mean, from the beginning, uh, when the Jewish people were using Scripture to pray to the Lord, or uh, whether now in the liturgy uh, of today of the Mass, th- those formal prayers as vocal prayers, uh, I think they're an essential part of prayer. It's one of the kinds of prayer that we use because. Uh, we need to express ourselves in words. Right. You know, just as Jesus came in the flesh, he didn't just come as a as a spirit or a ghost. Right. You know, we can use our voice to praise the Lord, but what gives the meaning to it, I think, is uh, the love we put into it, you know, the attention. And um, But when we know how to pray vocally, then we can also learn how to play, pray silently, and we can pray right. from the heart. Well, and that's interesting you had yeah. mentioned that, because I, I wish I had my old college buddies in front of me now, <laughs> I can think of all the things I would have said to them, but that vocal mm-hmm. prayer, you know, the prayer of those dead people, right? Uh, those wonderful, beautiful things written down by St. Basil the Great or mm-hmm. whoever it was who wrote down their prayers, right, right? That we might read them and be inspired, but also that will that vocal prayer will kind of lead us to other types of prayer. It doesn't just stop there necessarily. That's it can right. become deeper. In fact, I think the catechism tells us that vocal prayer will often lead to contemplative prayer if we allow that, if we will it, if we if we if we we say, God, I want to enter a really deep relationship with you. That's right. Now, before we get to the contemplative prayer, let's let's talk about the meditative prayer. What is meditation? Well, meditation, uh, I believe, you would be focusing on a, a particular subject to apply your mind, your reason, you know, your intellect to reflect on something to try to penetrate more deeply to understand the truth of what God is trying to say to you. So it could be about meditating about, you know, uh, struggles in our human nature or God's will or what have you. You know, St. Ignatius Loyola is very well known for meditation, St. Teresa of Avila. And you're applying your mind specifically to uh, reflect on. Uh, also, that meditation would be an important part of the rosary, for instance. Right. Very well, we meditate on those mysteries. That, the mysteries, right. Right. And and so by focusing on a specific subject, you know, I think it, it helps us to draw into, um, again, to more deeply understand what what's there, what the Lord is trying That's to That's why say. you'll often see folks maybe at, at a time of adoration or something, they'll be reading something. They'll, sure. they'll have scripture in front of them. They'll have some kind of wonderful reflections or, or writings of the uh, early church fathers or some beautiful poetry or something in front of them that's going to inspire them that they're going to be able to meditate upon and then sort of like sort of wait for 
for some kind of inspiration, some kind of direction to be able to recognize God's will in their life. That's right. And I think the key when, when, when we're doing any kind of prayer is to be open to let the Holy Spirit lead within the prayer rather than expecting, okay, my prayer time is going to be good if or because right. you know I feel really good feelings the whole time or I, I cover the entire subject matter that I was planning to cover. Well, no. Uh, you know, The spiritual masters, the fathers of the church would say, when something strikes you and really hits you in the heart or affects you, touches you, you feel the Lord is speaking, pause, you know, stop to, to reflect on that more deeply. That would be like an important part of, say, Lexio Divina, which is a well-known prayer of the church when you're, you're reflecting on the scriptures, that part where, you know, once you feel the Lord is giving you a personal fresh word right now, right. you kind of take that to heart. There's and, a supernatural spark, right? You that's just right. Sort of, something kicks into gear and you recognize that, but that's hard to do. If you're not trained, if you don't think about it, sure. if you don't will it, if you don't make it part of your prayer life, the noise of the world is so loud. And sometimes it's hard to hear that little, sometimes just a nudging. It right? sure is. And I think that sometimes I've had the problem before going before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. Well, sometimes think, you know, on my way in, I'm going to make this a good holy hour. I'm going to do that. You know, it's like really maybe that's a little too, uh, I don't want to say prideful, but I can't. Presumptuous. Yeah, I can't make it happen. Right, because sometimes we're going to have bad prayer times, and maybe that's because we don't, we're not open so much to listening, and we're 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 more intent on talking or filling the time with what we want to fill it with, versus allowing that time for God to speak to us and that spark to be uh, fanned into a flame. Well, you, you make an excellent point there, and I think it's so we we bring an attitude into the prayer with us with the Lord, but you have to allow that freedom for the Holy Spirit to work uh, the way that He wants to, and so. You know, when, when we ex- maybe encounter dryness or we don't feel that the Lord is listening, you know, it's important that we continue to persevere because God has his own timing, his, his own ways. But it's interesting, when, uh, like, if you come to adoration, I mean, you could be spending time with the Lord but not be present to him. Right. Right? There are many times my, <laughs> in a husband and wife relationship and I've sat next to my wife and, you know, <laughs> maybe I wasn't listening to her. Right? I was... No. Full of my days, you know. Yeah, Tom knows me really well. No way. <laughs> Have you been talking to Bess again? No, I, I defend you. I tell Bess all the time you listen to her. Yeah, right. I appreciate that. Man, on the radio. You, I got your back, yeah, brother. I, you, you are the man. That's Tom right. is the man. That's right. But you're right. It's so difficult sometimes for us to uh, – maybe we're scared to open up. Oh, sure. You know, there's sure. the, 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 the world would tell us otherwise that we don't need anybody else. And sometimes we're f- afraid just to let go and let God. You know, it's just not always an easy thing to do. Definitely. You know, I think a good test for that, each of us personally, is, <clears throat> excuse me, we realize if there are certain things that we're afraid to share with God, but we share with our friends, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because, right. I mean, he hears everything. He knows everything anyway. But he wants us to bring it to him. He invites us to bring it to him as our best friend, as our, as our God. And so that intimacy with the Lord... The limit of it has a lot to do with our willingness, you know, to go deeper and just open ourselves to him because he's full of of love and compassion for us, you know, as a father is for his children. He just wants to be with us. And so I think the the more that we open ourselves and give ourselves to the Lord, the more he's going to bless us. Well, we have more to talk about. We have talked about the vocal prayer and we've talked about meditative prayer. And so we're going to talk about contemplative prayer, if I can say that, when we get back right after this um, uh, small break. Before we do that, though, I want to remind everyone of our website at home, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I would love for you to email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, we pray that you will be back.
I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Few people exemplify the gift of faith working through love more than Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. Known to the world as Mother Teresa, her tiny, frail body wrapped in her customary white habit with blue trim, she was a veritable powerhouse of service in God's love. She dedicated her life and mission to the assistance of not merely those on the fringes of society, but the battered, the broken, the destitute, the dying, and the poorest of the poor. She offered her very life as a work of mercy and understood the value of serving the poor in God's kingdom on earth. She said, At the end of our lives, we will not be judged by how many diplomas we have received, how much money we have made, or how many great things we have done. We will be judged by, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was homeless and you took me in. Mother Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity in the 1950s, opening the first Home for the Dying in Calcutta in 1952. Today, the sisters of her order, numbering in the thousands, are scattered around the globe in nearly 500 places of hope and healing for AIDS victims, homeless persons, battered wives, orphans, and many, many others unwanted by society. Mother Teresa was a tireless fighter for the unborn. When asked whether her time would be better spent assisting those in poverty instead of the victims of abortion, she said, It is a poverty to decide that a child must die so that you may live as you wish. And she was not afraid to speak her mind when she felt her mind was on things of God. At a national prayer breakfast for the House and Senate in Washington, she spoke out against the horrors of abortion. She said, Please don't kill the child. I want the child. Give the child to me. Mother Teresa was a beacon of light in a world darkened by sin, hatred, and division. Her works of love, compassion, and mercy served as a constant example of what is possible when we remember why we must serve others. She said, Like Jesus, we belong to the world, living not for ourselves, but for others. The joy of our Lord is our strength. Mother Teresa went home to God September 5, 1997 and was beatified as a servant of God and pronounced blessed by the Church in union with Pope John Paul II in October of 2003. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Brother Philip from the uh, Franciscan Friars of Renewal. Tom, very interesting stuff we're talking about here with prayer. Great stuff. Now, I know you were talking about you were interested one day in becoming a friar. Yes. Yeah. If your wife Mainly thinks okay. Mainly because I'm looking at the beard. You would look good in a beard. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, we should talk about, we should ask Brother Philip, if we wanted to get in touch with the Friars. We'll yes. find out more about you guys. Absolutely. You just go to our website, franciscanfriars.com. That's franciscanfriars.com, and uh, you can find a lot of info there. You know, uh, we're a religious order in the Catholic Church. Uh, began in New York in 1987, and now uh, we're worldwide in different places. Great to be here with you all, and uh, you're certainly welcome to check us out. Absolutely. So franciscanfriars.com, it's a great place to go to find out more about the Friars. So, 
Uh, now let's continue on. We've talked about vocal prayer. We've talked about meditation. Let's talk about contemplative prayer. What is, what is, what is contemplative prayer? Well, you know, I think a lot of people don't even know about contemplative prayer. The only time people hear the word contemplation, they think of nuns. You know, they don't know that we're all called to contemplative prayer and that this form of prayer is something that, uh, above all, is a grace. It's a grace that we dispose ourselves to by faithfully practicing the other forms of prayer and asking the Lord to bring us, you know, more fully into union with himself. So ultimately, when we when we are regularly praying, you know, vocal or meditative prayer um, and opening our hearts to the Lord, the Lord will just draw us just to be with him, to be with him in his presence and to uh, to enter into this loving communion uh, on a spiritual level where we're not necessarily focused on any particular subject or topic, but just being loved by the Lord and loving him in return, just in that union. And so really, this is just really a deeper experience. I mean, we, we are really drilling deep into the soul at this point. And, right. and really, just your soul is crying out to God and maybe just sort of joining with with God mm-hmm. at that point. And, that, and that's not always easy to attain and not something you should do like while riding the city bus, right? I mean, that's it's not, right. Contemplative prayer is not something you're necessarily going to be doing while you're shopping or, or something like that. So we sometimes we'll use the word we contemplate something, but it's not always easy to enter into contemplative prayer because it is so deep. It's so in, internal. You've got it. And, and maybe a time to bring this up. Uh, the Christian contemplative prayer has a very specific focus on you know the person of God, the person of Christ or the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we're not just randomly you know, contemplating right. you know, the universe or something. You know, God is real and, you know, and, and we were in relationship with him. You know, that's what we're entering into. And so it's not just something where, you know, just my imagination or something like that. And you're, and you're not trying to clear your mind either. You're, right. You're focusing on the Trinity. Correct. Like okay. something like a Buddhist form of prayer might do or right. transcendental meditation. Well, we should talk okay. a little okay. bit about that because I know there's uh, – I've gotten, actually got an email from someone asking about contemplative prayer and said, well, you know, does the church teach that's okay? Uh, and it's like, well, yeah, it is okay. Um, but uh, there's a lot of confusion out there because there are some Eastern influences which are not necessarily so good that we have to be careful that right. we might step into an area of danger. Right. And can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Well, I mean, Christian prayer in the East, of course, is fine. And there's sure. different emphases than in the West. But when you're talking about Eastern religions that are not Christian or not Catholic, uh, there are good elements to them. And, you know, the Catholic Church respects the good that, that lies within other religious traditions. However, you know, we would stick to our own tradition because we have the fullness of truth revealed in Christ. We would have no need to, you know, to dabble in these other faiths to try to find God because we know him. You know, Christ has revealed him. And so the danger in entering into those kinds of forms of prayer, uh, for instance, you know, one that's often talked about is centering prayer, things like this. We would always want to be focused on Christ. You know, right. He is our light. He is our way, our truth, and our life. So you wouldn't want to have a mantra like hamburger or something like that, well, hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. <laughs> That's probably going to take you somewhere you don't necessarily want to go. Yeah, if you want to be a, a burger <laughs> chef, maybe. <laughs> Vegetarians should never have that as their mantra either. Well, and I understand. And, and, and that, again, it can be confusing. Uh, but really, if we trust, right, if we trust our conscience, our well-formed conscience, right, right and we search deep inside, we really will know when we're straying that's right from what what god intends for us and then we have the church of course the magisterium to guide us uh and and so you know saint Teresa of Avila would say she would never enter uh prayer without bringing a book with her 
And the idea would be if she'd float off into space, you know, maybe she'd be wasting her time. She could always bring it back if she needed to. Right. But the whole idea is we want to enter in with a Christian focus relationship with Christ. And um, this this comes from practice. It takes practice to be able to enter into contemplative prayer. And right there's now. nothing wrong with it. I know I've had this experience where you go on walk on the beach, right, and you look out at the ocean oh, yeah. and you hear the waves, and suddenly you feel like, wow, you start contemplating something much bigger and greater than you. That's wonderful. And that's, that is ideal. It's a wonderful situation. But as long as you keep that in the context of, you know, the Trinity That's did right. this. God gave us this. How beautiful and how awesome. And and if, if God can make this and God also made me with the same loving care, well, isn't that wonderful? You, mm. Then you start to see... Uh, to see the beauty of God's creation, and you Absolutely. contemplate, and now you have to enter in that relationship with God. And maybe I could just mention, you know, St. Francis was very well known for his love of God's creation and finding God present everywhere. Brother, and, Son, and Sister Moon and yeah. all that stuff, right? <laughs> and, and the better movies that came yes. out later. But, uh, you know, interestingly, the same person who found Christ in nature so present, God everywhere, was particularly devoted to Christ in the Eucharist, Eucharistic adoration. He was one of the main promoters of that. And so that's where Christ is fully present, not only his divinity, but also in his humanity. And so, you know, for us as consecrated religious, Eucharistic adoration is an important part of our life. And that's a great place to encounter the Lord face to face, as it were, in, you know, uh, heart to heart. That doesn't, uh, you know, pre, uh, you know, eliminate the ability to encounter him everywhere else. Of course right. not. But we do give a preference to that. You know, and right. the, preeminently the, present. Yes, and right. the, ma- the mass where you can receive Jesus truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, in Holy Communion. I mean, what a gift! You know, if people realize that, they'd all be lining up, right, for mass every day outside the church. Absolutely, and that's the that's the thing we we I, we hate to preach so much here in the Catholic Cafe. We don't, we're not preachy. Uh, but at the same time, if people just realized what a gift they have, so many people in the world are, are searching. Right. They're all looking for truth. They're all looking for everything. And even people who are looking for God, you know, as we as Catholics need to realize that, especially uh, in that wonderful gift of adoration or at, at, at Holy Mass, we look there and we go, there's God. Right. Physically, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He's right here. Right? He's present. And that's, that's, that's a beautiful gift we have. And so... That also will lead us into, um, maybe not at Mass, but uh, in adoration is an excellent place for contemplative prayer to take place. Yes, and I think the other response of the heart, which is so natural, is thanksgiving and praise. And see, when we're encountering the Lord and we're spending time with Him and we're contemplating Him, the natural response of a heart that feels loved is to thank the Lord, to praise Him, to want to love Him in return. And this is very much the Christian call. This is our vocation, is to respond to the beautiful gift all the gifts that God has given to us, ultimately the gift of himself. Yeah. And so uh, that's what prayer really is. It's a response of uh, a beloved who is being loved. Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Of course, I know in Monk 101 they taught you that the word Eucharist means Monk. Thanksgiving, you right? It. You can Absolutely. from the group. <laughs> exactly that's right. right. Yes. Well, let's talk a bit about sort of problems in prayer. You mentioned earlier, you talked about dryness, you know, and a lot of people will give up. That's right. So you know what? I've tried talking to God. I asked him about this, and the lottery number in the whole nine yards, never got it, never got a response. Uncle Joe still died. I lost the house. Everything's going bad. You know what? What good is prayer? That's right. That's so dryness, we're done. I'm not doing it. Or I don't feel anything. This it's is so a, quiet. This is a <laughs> crucial question. Thank you. for You know, this is, this is the, the critical issue, and it, it really comes down to saying the whole mystery of uh, Christian life is the cross and suffering and, and, and the nature of understanding God's will and why things are the way they are. Now, the first thing is the dryness or the aridity. You know, it's prayer isn't about feelings. You know, it's about relationship. And just because you don't feel something doesn't mean the relationship is not real. 
right? It's like puppy love, you know, when you first get infatuated. But real love proves itself by sacrifice, fidelity, perseverance. And so God purposely allows, I believe, you know, he doesn't certainly will uh, evil, but he allows us to experience a, an absence of his presence in order to draw us more closely right. to himself. And so here we are, we cry out more to him the more that we need him. Gee, some people might never come to a high degree of union with God if he didn't sort of hide himself a little bit right. to make them hungry and thirsty you and curious. you got to experience the, uh, the cold shower every once in a while to be able to, to glory and praise in the warm shower, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And on the other hand, uh, you know, prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. Right. And so some people believe, you know, if you, know, you can just... Uh, if you just pray, you know, you can make stuff happen and, you know, somehow right. shake the trees. That's not what it's about. And I can tell you the lottery thing doesn't work. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that now. <laughs> I mean, God loves us so much. He can provide for us. He wants to provide for us. But because he loves us so much, he honors our free will, our dignity. He waits for that yes, for that phone call in prayer, you know, that right. text. <laughs> and just say, you know, Lord, look, here I am. Use me. You know, not my will, but thine be done. You know, right. give God permission. And when we do that. He does wonderful things, which he's already planning to do. It really, what it does is it disposes us right. to receive God's will through prayer, what is the best thing for us. And it's not usually often what we think it might be. Exactly. Because he wants to give us a greater gift of virtue and patience and things right. like this. Not well, just stuff. Uh, in my own life, there are times where there'll be a financial struggle, there'll be some kind of health struggle or, or some other kind of struggle. And a lot of times, you know... Instead of asking for a specific thing, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for peace, right? And which really kind of in, includes, you know, just uh, uh, aligning myself with God's will at that point because that's peaceful. Amen. When you know someone else is driving the boat, you don't have to drive the boat. You can just sit there and enjoy the view, right? And so there's that peace. So if I'm having finan- financial trouble, you know, God, give me financial peace. I don't know what that's going to be. I'd love the lottery if I was going to say something. But that, you know what? I'm not going to win the lottery. I know I'm not going to win the lottery. Right. But God, you know. I need to pay these bills, and I don't know how I'm mm-hmm. going to do it, but I know you can provide some way, some form, some Amen. fashion. Maybe it's going to be something I don't want. That's right. Right? But peace. That's all a I lot want of it peace. is. A lot of good prayer, I think, is making a simple and childlike act of trust and surrender to the Lord, you know, giving it to the Lord. We have to do that a million times a day, you know. St. Faustina would talk about that. We don't have control, you know. God is God, and we're his, you know, little children. And so we keep turning to him as a little child would to his father, you know. Amen, Brother Philip. That was wonderful. That was a wonderful little prayerful show we had there. Uh, beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us. It's Brother great to Philip, be with you. We will definitely have you back. Uh, and so, a show about prayer, we should end in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are not a distant and uncaring God. In fact, you desire us to know you in a fuller and deeper way, growing ever closer to you through prayer. Teach us to pray in humility of spirit so that we can clearly discern your loving voice in our hearts. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stein, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.